Welcome, everybody, to Check Under the Sea, the 2021 Sea Lab 2021 podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jim. Hi, I'm James. And I'm a Hamburger. Uh, that's that's our that's our special guest this week, Hamburger. We're gonna have a different different special guest every week um, with a with a weird name. Uh, we're doing this podcast uh, on the on the the twentieth uh, anniversary of the Sea Lab twenty twenty one show. Um, wanted to celebrate the show and its uh, unique unhinged brand of comedy um, in the year twenty twenty one. And so, uh, oh, that's why we're doing it this year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know, that's 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 how it works. That's how the world works. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna make every episode short and sweet. Uh, we're gonna try to do as deep a dive as possible into into the episode and all the all the comedic hijinks that happen uh, with each episode. Uh, quick primer uh, for this one since we're kicking it off. Uh, see that 2021 uh, adult animated TV series created by Adam Reed and Matt Thompson. It was shown on the Cartoon Network late night programming block, uh, Adult Swim, actually slightly before it actually became Adult Swim. Shortly um, before. Yeah. The, uh, the first episode uh, aired at December, uh, December 20th, 2000. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, December 21st, 2000. 21st. So we're almost on the. Yeah, yeah it was, on, it was uh, uh, on 1221, 2000 is when C Lab 2021 <clears throat> started. Yep. That, uh, that makes complete sense. And so, uh, and so we're almost at the 20 year anniversary of that first episode. Um, a little bit of background on the show. It's one of the four original Williams series that premiered in 2000 shortly before Adult Swim was actually launched. The others uh, being Aqua Teen Hunger Force, The Brack Show, and Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law. Obviously the long predecessor of this was Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, which had started all the way back in 1984. Um, And the crux of the show uses uses animated uh, animated gifts. Animated gifts. The whole show uh, is actually just animated gifts throughout. Uh, no, it uses stock footage recycled from the 1970s Hanna-Barbera cartoon, right. CLAB 2020. Sponsored by GIF uh, uh, Peanut Butter, too. Yes. Um, yeah, if you go back, it's it's everywhere. Like, it's it's ridiculous how how, how much product placement there is for uh, the, the GIF. <laughs> the animated GIF, GIF Peanut Butter. Animated you you GIF can't see it in the 2021 version, but the 2020... <clears throat> original 13 episode run which is horrible you should have watched it you, you'll see it we'll just take a That's quick actually... uh, break to thank our sponsor uh G- Geif peanut butter which uh if you are feeling if you want to feel animated have some of this peanut butter on your sandwich thank you so much uh <laughs> go to gif.com slash promo code uh under the sea for 30% off of a 25 pack, 21, pack. Please do. Uh, 20, that, that really helps our, our, uh, our podcast quite a bit. Please, helps our GIF go. budget. Um, funny give? story. Uh, the, the, uh, animated GIF was actually invented because of the, uh, animated GIF jars shown on this show. 
Um, That's true. Hence, a solution to the ever uh, everlasting debate of whether it's pronounced GIF or JIF. Definitely JIF. It definitely stands for graphics interchange format. Uh, so, um, without without further ado, guys, you ready to get into it and, uh, and talk about some uh, episode one, Radio Free Sea Lab? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the premise of this episode is uh, just establishes uh, Captain Murphy as being the typical William Street uh, proto Adult Swim Cartoon Network. I, I don't I don't know what you want to call it. Just like the main protagonist has to be a moron. And um, yeah, and uh, I, I have to say they completely nail it out of the park in this. The the premise is he wants to start a radio station, a pirate radio station, because he's bored. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a rough, it's a, it's a rough first episode. Let's, let's be real. It is, it is fun. Um, it's not as fun as the later ones, but it's, um, it's not so much, uh, fun as, as probably the later ones, which is fine. It's certainly more watchable than the early Space Ghost 94 episodes. Yeah, that's, that was the thing that, that hit me the hardest immediately rewatching this, um, was just how hard in the paint this first episode goes like sure sure it's unmolded clay like sure the show hasn't fully formed its voice yet because what show does in the the first episode but they sure do really go zero to 60 in terms of uh just making it the most dense 12 minutes of of unhinged bullshit possible and like that that i really appreciated because like with with space ghosts not to you know tell tales out of school here with the first episodes of Space Ghost, it almost feels like they were like they were not pressing the gas hard enough on like the absurdist comedy thing, and they're completely that's completely not the case here. They are like really leaning in and really fucking punching the the funny button. So I, I didn't watch um, the episode as as usual because I'm I'm never gonna fucking watch that show again. <clears throat> but um, could someone give me a quick uh, rundown of kind of like what's happening and the main characters and how it all gets set up. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can, I can take a, a swing at it and Jim, you can, you can fill in the, the holes, the animated gif holes that I uh, do have. So Harry Gauze, the voice of uh, Captain Murphy is bored one day. And uh, because he's in a sea lab under the sea, because that's where you're going to find me. Uh, and he, uh, wants to go start a radio station, a pirate radio station, because uh, he's bored. He talks to uh, uh, everyone on the station, and, and they kind of goad him toward, uh, you know, like, yeah, you just go do this radio station, just kind of leave us alone. Uh, kind of sets him up to be kind of the, the dummy. Um, and uh, in this episode, in some of the early episodes, Marco, voiced by Chip's very own Eric Estrada, um, which is the best <laughs> thing ever. He, uh, like, he, he kind of plays the uh, the straight man in this. So later on, of course, that... that uh, sorry, that's the seven-minute warning. You guys feel like a weird rumble. Uh, All right, sorry, I just had to get uh, through that. <clears throat> he, he basically just calls Marco uh, a mailbox head because Marco is increasingly concerned uh, that the FCC is going to find him and, and strike him down, uh, of course, with the rest of the station. And uh, over the course of the, what, 11-minute episode, it keeps uh, snapping over to the uh, FCC uh, 
enforcement vessel, which is, of course, a battleship. Yeah, the, the destroyer, <laughs> the FCC destroyer ship. And, of course, uh, um, it, it, things being Sea Lab, the FCC finally finds uh, our, our hero, Captain Murphy, and destroys Sea Lab at the end of the episode. Uh, which establishes a running gag that you see through most of the uh, most of the show, where Sealot blows up at the very end. What I what I noticed, and I think this becomes a theme throughout the show, is the show has like a really uh, a really cheeky, uh, really cheeky and funny treatment of like institutions of authority, um, like the fact that the FCC nice. has like a destroyer vessel um, is a really good sort of first note. In that uh, in that theme, uh, that's that's an observation I had there. Um, what what else, James? What else? What else? Yeah, do you have I, to say? yeah, I think uh, I think it's important to kind of take that step back and be like, this came out in two thousand. Like it's this episode is older than the iPod. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. This uh, and like Cartoon Network had done a lot of. Uh, a lot of things kind of like this before, but like the, I think you hit the nail on the head, like the absurdist humor and like, yeah, the FCC is going to have like a, like a, a warship and we're going to destroy sea lab. And, right. and, and Harry Gauze's character is just completely insane from the, from the get go. Like, I, I mean, we're pretty much at the re- same kind of time frame where you're going to see the pre YouTube internet, like the GI Joe PSAs, uh, reusing old stock footage, Things of that nature that I think because of all the work that, again, Space Ghost and other TV shows had already done, uh, this wasn't wasn't too much of a stretch. Um, and like a, a few other things of, about it, right? Like Adam Reed and Mark Thompson were animators on like for William Street for a few years. And uh, legend has it there's a few episodes of uh, Cartoon Planet and some other TV shows for, for Cartoon Network where they would just let whoever write um any kind of part of an episode um kind of establishing their their weird credentials uh and in fact i think adam reed and mark thompson got their start with a really absurdist humor uh i can't remember what the what the tv show was it was literally them oh yeah it's called high high noon tunes from 94 to 95 and it was literally those two just getting drunk on a set in atlanta georgia cartoon network and making hand gestures and they had to write 500 jokes and so this is kind of them in their uh what was their peak i think um but yeah in terms of like the episode itself uh just super super rough every other character except for kind of Captain murphy is is playing kind of straight uh it's not until later episodes uh episodes episodes that uh there's more of a fleshed out set of characters yeah. marco goes from being like the straight man to like also just kind of loony uh and, and uh other folks kind of take his place uh never really consistently yeah definitely and i i think that i mean we're not even introduced to most of the characters until um the back half of the of the episode and yeah like you said uh marco like they're still trying to find the roles of the characters obviously um Murphy is pretty squarely in what role he's going to play because in a lot of ways he's the easiest character to form. But Marco being the straight man, he definitely ends up becoming more of a wild card later on, as we'll see. Um, the sort of straight man role gets end up ends up getting getting occupied by by Quinn. Um, and then uh, Sparks, 
too, maybe snarkier than he normally is. He comes he comes out with like a yeah with a big with a big fiery attitude right out of the gate, and like Sparks keeps it snarky. He keeps it salty um, throughout the show, but he's like really really out of pocket in this one. I really like the 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 quick introduction of of like the bit characters. Uh, Dolphin Boy, yeah. Well, Dolphin Boy is like I I would argue Dolphin Boy is a little bit more than a bit character, but like Ted from accounting. Uh, that uh, he, character and, and from like, a, from accounting, yeah, and uh, and Murphy keeps calling him like Kevin and Cedric, <laughs> uh, which is uh, which is really good. Um, the 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 just the, the running theme of like the complete disregard and obliviousness for danger uh, on the part of Murphy with the, the meter going into the red and the FCC contacting him from their destroyer ship, et cetera, et cetera. It's the FCC search and destroy vessel uh, for the record. Um, yeah. I, I think I can't get enough of in this episode is the, just the completely insane insults that, uh, that mailbox that head, mailbox head um, calling everybody fig nuts and then, like, having fig nuts, just having fig nuts being, like, the, the fucking uh, calling card on the radio show itself. Oh, yeah. We should talk about the radio show. Yeah. It's ab- absolutely absurd, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like... The, uh, the the really uncomfortably long silence between Murphy and Stormy during the call-in bit uh, and just, like, taking advantage of all that white space and, like, the awkward tension and really using it to, to, to prop up the, the laughs. Uh, that's definitely a, a, a theme that either had already become common or would very quickly become common in these Adult Swim uh, style shows. Um, also really enjoy the fucking laugh track. I put that in my notes in all caps. The fucking, the fucking insane laugh track during the uh, show when he's like cutting guests off and telling them to go to hell. And then like doing prank calls on the show. Which I thought to myself while I was watching this, I was like, I would listen to a radio show where they did prank calls. And then I realized that that's the Jerky Boys did that. Um, oh, yeah. That's been done. Um, but like, we could do a better, we could, it's 2021 almost. We could have a better version of the Jerky Boys if we wanted to. Um, yeah, based on uh, Captain Murphy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do some sort of Harry Gaz voice hologram and have him do prank calls. Uh, or just make a fucking Captain Murphy soundboard. Um, oh yeah, really go, uh, really go all the all the way with it. Um, at one point, he shifts it into just ca- calling it the "I Hate Marco" show and saying that the reason he hates Marco is because he's a mailbox head. Uh, it's it's really ridiculous. And then like he just hits peak Murphy energy when he uh, when he sends the fucking toilet flush noise to the FCC boat. <laughs> when they call it. Like that's really uh, I I in in my mind, like, sure, sure this is an episode that that shows the immense amount of work there is to do to actually establish a cohesive body of body of art here. But like it, wow. it, it is way more. It runs laps around any of the early Space Ghost shows. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't, and I haven't watched the early Harvey Birdman stuff lately, or the early Aquatine, any of that stuff. Um, I would, I would be hard pressed to uh, find out that that stuff is better than, than this episode. It is, uh, in spite of all its chaos, like a true like. Bullion cube 
a true fucking pemmican brick of, of comedy. Uh, also a, a real, uh, a real pelican brief of comedy yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, pemmican brick just sounds like somebody with a speech impediment saying pelican brief, uh, which is good. Um, we're going to get canceled for me saying that. Uh, and that's okay. It's all right. We can always edit, By out, the FCC. edit out all the jokes. Yeah. The FCC, yeah. FCC the federal the cancel FCC. culture. Yeah. The FCC won't let me be. Uh, Man. Yeah. I, uh, hold on. I'm struggling to remember what the first uh, episodes were of Aqua Teen and, um, and all that. I think, uh, yeah, okay, so here, here I, was, I was looking it up because I don't have a good functioning memory. I can remember a jingle from, uh, you know, five years ago. I can't remember uh, anything I was just thinking Wait, which, which jingle yeah. are you thinking of? You know what jingle thing. <laughs> Trader Joe's Jingle Jangle. Uh, please go to TraderJoe's.com. Promo code CLAB2020 ho 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 uh, for a free box of Jingle Jangle. Uh, that's another one of our, uh, our our valued sponsors here. Now we're really going to get shut down by the FCC. Yeah, what's what's weird about this episode and like what Cartoon Network was was doing is so like this episode and then two more episodes of season one of the show CLAB2021. Uh, they all got released near the end of December of 2000, and then they waited almost a full year. September 2nd is uh, when the, the fourth episode, Chickmate, is uh, sort of released. And that, I remember there being a lot of fanfare about Adult Swim back then, not not so much this random... I think they, they aired all these new episodes, like this 2000 thing. I think that was like a special, like I don't know, like a midnight special or something. For like three hours, they just kept airing new stuff. And it was kind of experimental. I guess it did well enough. And then nine months later, like a baby, they came out with a chick mate episode. Uh, but what, what's weird is like uh, Harvey Birdman, like the same episode they aired at the end of 2000, they wind up airing again and, and uh, the very beginning of Adult Swim. Uh, but Aqua Team took like a, a separate thing where they aired a, a different episode, I think. Maybe not. Maybe they, uh, yeah, I think they aired the, the Rabbit episode. So C-Love's the only one I, I think that like had these three episodes in the hopper, aired them all, and then I don't think touched them or didn't like re-air them until probably pretty later on in 2001, maybe 2002. That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there was the, yeah. there was just a, yeah there was a big jump disconnect in the in like the the episodes getting put out, and uh, I I can't help but remember how just like edge of the seat just free jazz the first uh first few months of of the late night programming on uh cartoon network was man i i i was uh i I imagine being 11 and just like begging my parents to to stay up late so that i could just watch and see what the hell was happening uh because like i had like i had cut my teeth on um on like cartoon planet because that was like allegedly for kids and happened saturday mornings and like that was my that was my on ramp into this whole like unhinged world of Hanna Barbera recycler stuff, uh, and like it, it really uh, I I was it was like the the Wendy's salad bar for me where like I fucking I I wanted to watch Adult Swim so bad because I knew it was for adults and it would make me feel big <laughs> and fancy, um, just like the Wendy's salad bar, and yeah it was it was it's crazy to think that in in a few short years time. Adult Swim had become the the cultural tour de force 
um, that it did in the age of, you know, peak Aquatine and Metalocalypse and, and so on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, how did you, what was like the, your intro to C-Lab? I mean, to be honest, all I remember about C-Lab was like watching it with you two in, <laughs> yeah. in your, uh, in your house, James. And the only yeah, episode like I remember, morning, right? yeah, yeah. Like we were, we were just staying up late watching this for some reason. I remember the fucking, the fucking robot brain head one. <laughs> what the fuck is that episode? The, it's, it's called iRobot, and it's the next episode, which our next episode will feature. Hell yeah. <laughs> put, um, put your brain in a robot body. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess uh, Jim asked me uh, how I got started into a C-Lab. You want you want me to ask you that? Yeah, that was a really good beat. It was really yeah. an awkward silence. Yeah, for good sure. Uh, in keeping in keeping with the way these shows are. How'd you get into C Lab, James? Yeah, James. How'd you uh, get into C Lab? I think, yeah, I, I was like real into Space Ghost from like the very get go in like '94, which in hindsight, I love my parents. I don't know why they let me watch that when I was seven. Uh, I mean, it was pretty tame until about '97. The, the '97 episodes, like the DVD box set from from Cartoon Network officially, like the DVD back when DVDs were a thing, is. The, the 1997 season. That's all they need to call it because everybody kind of knows what it is. So I've been always, already kind of watching late night stuff on Cartoon Network and Comedy Central secretly because I was really cool when I was, you know, 14 or whatever. Uh, and uh, so besides South Park and Space Ghost uh, and getting some of the inside jokes and Freakazoid, you know, there's a big old hole of like, you know, edgy, quote unquote edgy stuff. So when Adult Swim came around, because I completely missed the 2000 episodes. Like I, these three, I, I, I don't know. Radio Free C Lab by Robot and ha- Happy Cake, and all that extra stuff. I, I didn't see any of that stuff. Um, I remember just seeing a lot of blurbs uh, in September of 2001 uh, for, and I remember this very clearly for obvious reasons. What uh, the first uh, weekend or two of uh, of Adult Swim was like, um, in very early September. And I, I just remember seeing it. it might have been the first, I, I, I can't remember. Maybe this is the very first episode that Adult Swim had in uh, 10 p.m. on a Sunday, like September 2nd or, or something, 2001. And I remember just being completely blown away at how insane it was. And I don't know. It was like seeing uh, something you, you didn't know you were waiting for. But uh, yeah, when I first saw Radio Free Sea Lab, I, I think it was years later, I remember thinking, God, the quality of this episode is not as good as the other ones. And <laughs> yeah. then I come to find out, it was like, I had no, it's just them getting started. And then if you go back and actually watch the real, real rough pilot that they put together in 99, um, it, I mean, Radio Free Sea Lab is a, a, extremely well polished compared to that. I, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's worth noting that, like, this. This show is really similar uh, to like 3D Doritos. It's like <laughs> it's the it's the 3D Doritos of, of shows, right? Like when it came around the corner, like people were not ready. Uh, people people's brains hadn't been properly calibrated to like tolerate 
the the flavor explosion uh that a show like this was and like we take stuff like this for granted now because there's been so much really profound and important work done on the like front of adult cartoons but um just like we take take uh for granted the explosive flavors featured in in delicious doritos uh one of our other sponsors uh have yourself a crunch today with doritos bags um thanks jim yeah um and i think that it's uh it's it's really important to realize that like this this was insane when it this this was insane this was like nothing anybody had ever seen when it first came out yeah Uh, yeah you should let's pull that string a little bit like i uh, it's kind of like this is the same time frame where like video games went from being like only things kids play to the fact that those kids are in fact growing up and so like all the PlayStation marketing I remember in the late 90s was like Nintendo that's for babies you should go and play you know Spyro the Dragon that's for adults or you know, what, whatever the hell they were trying to like, throw out there but I think it was the same thing right like if you're Cartoon Network you're you're looking at your your chief demographic uh, starting to grow hair in places and being like, hey, like I need to start watching some some good stuff and yeah. I mean, what are you gonna what, what are they gonna go watch? NYPD Blue? No, no, yeah, you no. got to keep them on their network. They're not gonna go watch Jaws for the <laughs> no. fifth time. Uh, you talking about that uh, off Broadway version of Jaws? Yeah, you know, with uh, with Peter Weller and Dennis yeah. Miller. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I wonder how much of this is like, is also just like weird, like the weird next step for something like South Park, which I feel like was super, uh, like, like unfucking avoidable, like when we were growing up in in elementary school, even. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, the movie came out in 99. Remember that? It's so weird. South Park hasn't happened a movie since then. Mm -hmm. The movie came out a year before C Lab did. And, Sorry, yeah, that I, I think you're on to something. And like, if you look back to the early South Park episodes, they're completely bizarre. The first episode ends with them fighting Mecca Barbara Streisand. You know, <laughs> um, Moses is a huge floating head. You know, um, the the early episodes of South Park are completely bizarre and just rely on shock value. And I I hate to say this, but it, it almost feels like Sea Lab is like the next step, where it's a little bit more, slightly more story based than. Certainly more than anything that William Street had done before, but but probably the contemporary South Park episodes. Yeah, it's like to me, it's like weird to think that like my mom didn't want me to watch The Simpsons, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> given how brain rotting like these other shows are, um, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just a very I, th- I think it's a very funny thing and like just kind of a a really odd cultural evolution. Um, in like in like cartoon programming that that a show like that could exist yeah so uh we've we've done a lot of riffing here uh and uh we are going to sign off uh wish everybody a pleasant 2021 this has been check under the sea the 2021 C-Lab 2021 podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Jay. As always, James and uh, Hamburger on the Beats signing off as well. Uh, look forward to talking with you, talking with you again. Uh, everybody enjoy yourself. Watch the show. Uh, eat the burritos. We get a trade of And we'll...
talk to you guys soon. Peace out, y'all. Bless. Thanks. <laughs>